Today is July 27th, 2021, and our first story, Republican Rep Kinzinger begins crying during the Capitol riot hearings as well as many other officers. But this is hypocrisy on full display as they complain about a violent riot, but ignore all of the violence and insurrection that happened last year, including 60 Secret Service officers injured during a far left insurrection where they tore down barricades and set fire to buildings in Washington, D.C. In our next story, a Democrat in California was mugged by a kid. She's shocked, but Democrats need to realize their policies have created this. And in our last segment, the CDC says masks are back, especially for those that are vaccinated. Okay, to be fair, everybody should wear masks, even those that are vaccinated. So say the CDC, but only in hot spots. I truly believe mandatory vaccination is on the horizon and maybe won't be soon, but soon enough. If you like this show, please give us a good review and leave us five stars. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Word of mouth is the best way for podcasts to grow. Now, let's get into that first story. The Capitol riot hearings have begun, and it's mostly Democrats. I mean, I guess you can argue that there are some Republicans, Liz Cheney and Rep. Adam Kinzinger, but no conservative for the most part really likes them. And I think Liz Cheney's approval rating among the Republican Party is like negative 40 or favorability is like negative 43 percent or something like that, like serious disapproval. So the panel's mostly just establishment uniparty players. Well, at this hearing, several of the Capitol police officers cried. They looked at the footage from January 6th and they wept. And so did Adam Kinzinger. He sobbed, at least as it's being reported. Some say he's choking up or tearing up, but he was fighting back tears. This whole thing is a farce. What happened on January 6th was really bad. You watch some of the footage that's released. We're still missing most of the footage, but a lot of the footage, it's bad, man. I mean, there are people rioting. They're attacking cops. It was not a good thing. Now, there are a lot of people who didn't fight the cops. A lot of people who the doors were open and they walked in. Still a problem. They went in, but a lot of people had no idea what was going on. A lot of these people are being charged with serious crimes. Here's my main issue with this. I have no problem coming out and saying what happened on January 6th was abhorrent. It was awful. By all means, people should be held to account. But when the Democrats parade around with these Republicans acting like this is the end of democracy, or at the very least was close to it, but these brave officers staved off the apocalypse, I asked them about every single instance from last year where you had overt and literal insurrection. Not even the last year. How about when all the activists shut down, you know, tried shutting down the Kavanaugh hearings or banging on the Supreme Court door? How about when pink hat wearing activists actually shut down some of the congressional buildings? And how about when 60 Secret Service officers were injured in an insurrection when far leftists ripped down the barricades, started beating people and set a Secret Service guard tower or or, or building on fire? What about when they tried setting fire to that church? Where were the hearings on that? Now, of course, I can criticize the Democrats and we'll get into exactly what they said. But I think the criticism belongs to the Republican Party. The Democrats are going to Democrat. They're going to advocate for seizing power. They're going to demand more power and they'll likely get it. The Capitol Police are going to be expanded based on this. And the Republicans do nothing. 
the Republicans, a pressure release valve for people who are tired of watching the Democrats stomp all over their rights. What do Republicans do to actually help anybody? They sit on their hands. Well, what, what, what did I see? Someone tweeted. I can't remember who it was. The Democrats seize power and, the, and, and impeach the president and the Republicans lower taxes, which benefits the ultra wealthy, I suppose. Sure. I guess, you know, regular working class people getting a couple hundred bucks back every month is a good thing. What else are you going to do? I guess I suppose the Republicans could actually engage in some kind of pushback and defend this country and its values and liberty and justice for all. But they don't do that. Instead, they sit around and people continue to vote for them. Now, I get why Donald Trump was popular. I get why Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene are popular. And I get why the establishment is going after them. And I also understand why, why people like Adam Kinzinger, a duplicitous, dece- deceitful individual, gets up there and weeps and acts like we, we almost lost this country. But what does he have to say about a year of insurrection from the far left? So I tell you this. I'm not playing whataboutism. It's all bad. But you expect me to get behind their calls for expanding government power when they allow a group of extremists to do whatever they want? No way. They're going to use that power to embolden extremists. So I am not going to let them use this as some stupid power seize, uh, power grab. Let's read the story and see exactly what is happening with this, with these crocodile tears. We also have the story of one officer claiming all the racial slurs being spat at him. And if that's true, you know what? That's horrifying. But where were the hearings when when far leftists were doing the exact same thing and on multiple occasions? I didn't think so. And you know what? I'll blame the Republicans for this one. Democrats going to Democrat, right? Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to get access to, ex- to exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as an ad-free experience. And you'll help support our journalists who are doing a lot of work. And we're, we're, we're slowly expanding. We're getting more and more to the degree. We just had an exclusive story the other day about a man who was harassed by BLM into taking his own life. It's a very, and, and being charged, in my opinion, falsely by the government. These are the kind of things that we need to be talking about and covering. Go to TimCast.com, become a member, but don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this, uh, uh, this video with your friends if you want them to know this stuff and think it's important. Let's read this first story. You guys won. Republican Adam Kinzinger chokes up at January 6th hearing, and thanks cops after GOP colleague Liz Cheney vowed to find out what happened every minute of that day in the White House. Now, can you call Cheney and, and Kinzinger Republicans? At this point, I gotta say probably not. I would be surprised if they win their, their uh, elections coming up, Liz Cheney especially. But you know what? Perhaps. At least they have some of the Republican policy positions behind them. Culturally, however, they may as well be Democrats. The Daily Mail reports, Republican reps Kinzinger and Cheney took center stage at Tuesday's hearing on the January 6th MAGA riot, with Kinzinger tearing up as he thanked the police officers for their service and Cheney warning America could face a riot every four years if those behind that day are not held accountable for their actions. I was in Washington, D.C., January 20th, 2017, and I saw an insurrection. I saw extremists setting fire to vehicles, destroying property, smashing up windows, and trying to very much disrupt the inauguration. They failed. The police pushed back. Where were the hearings? Where were the Democrats to come out and say that, you know, Democratic politicians had been, had been pro- propping this up? In the past year, we saw extreme riots and damage. Kamala Harris solicited donations to get these rioters out of jail. 
Where were the hearings to condemn Kamala for inciting a riot? There's one political party in this country, the Uniparty, and the Republicans are a part of that. They exist to make sure there will be no meaningful resistance to the establishment elites stealing power and oppressing and suppressing regular Americans. Quote, I never expected today to be quite so quite as emotional for me as it has been, Kinzinger said, sniffling as he choked back tears. He noted how he got to know many of the officers in the aftermath of that riot. Both he and Cheney hugged a few of the officers at the beginning of the hearing. I think it's important to tell you right now, though, Kinzinger continued, you guys may like individually feel a little broken, but but he added, you guys won. The emotional day got to almost everyone. They won. Did they? I mean, the riders still got into the building. They still shut everything down and then less left mostly of their own accord after the fact. And it's only now that they are rounding people up. Many of the people who are getting arrested from what happened to the Capitol did not get arrested at the scene. Did the police win? No, they failed. They're failures. The city failed to have the police readily available. They rejected National Guard that was offered to them by the Trump administration. And now they're crying crocodile tears, acting like they, they bravely staved off the apocalypse, as if a bunch of unarmed idiots entering a building will somehow change the seats of government in this country. It's not the 1600s anymore. They said the emotional day got to almost everyone, lawmakers and witnesses alike. Several times the officers wiped away tears, particularly when footage from January 6th was shown. The lawmakers got shook up talking about their gratitude for the officer's work. You saved the day. You saved the Constitution, Rep. Zoe Lofgren told them. Some of the most dramatic words came out early on when Cheney, in her opening statement, offered cautionary words about what could happen in the wake of future presidential elections. She called January 6th a cancer on the Constitution. If those responsible are not held accountable, and if Congress does not act responsibly, this will remain a cancer on our constitutional republic, undermining the peaceful transfer of power at the heart of our democratic system. We will face the threat of more violence in the months to come, and another January 6th every four years. Did, did these Trump supporters come up with the idea? They didn't. After witnessing the left get away with everything, being proven time and time again that the left is allowed to be violent, to destroy and to literally murder people. These people said, oh, I guess that's normal. And it's all wrong. All of the violence. I don't care if it's January 6th or otherwise, but I'll tell you what I'm sick of. They won't do anything about the extremists on the far left. They, 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 they do almost nothing, to put it mildly, because oh, we'll be fair, there's some people who get arrested. And now they want power. The Capitol Police want to expand. What does that mean? They're going to excuse the extremists on the left, and they're going to arrest people on the right. And that's where we're headed. So no, I, I don't support the police. I will not back the blue. And it's been several months now I've been saying abolish the police and Republicans should be warned. These cops are testifying on behalf of Democrats crying, saying you are the villains. So by all means, back the blue. And then when the blue comes to your house, takes away your guns, as they already have in many states. Don't come crying to me when you say, but I thought supporting the police was the good idea. No. Many good cops have quit, and it's only gotten worse from there. So if you want to sit back and support these officers, by all means, go ahead and do so. I, I will tell you something really funny. I tweeted, abolish the Capitol Police today. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. 
They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. And boy, were liberals upset. They were actually, you know, smack talking. And I'm like, in what way is any of this surprising to you? And I just quote tweeted myself from April saying abolish the police. It's funny. When the far left has abolished the police, the left says, oh, you know, they don't really mean it. But it's leftists. Clearly, it's leftists who want to abolish the police. Then when I say abolish the Capitol Police, they, they say that's MAGA. Oh, that, that's, that's Trump. That's right wing. <laughs> OK, whatever, uh, whatever fits your narrative, I suppose. I'll stress this, man. The police are going to do what the Democrats tell them to do. They've been doing it. They will do it. I watched a guy get arrested in Seattle after he was being stalked and harassed by Antifa. They arrested the victim. That's what they'll do. We've already seen police go to the homes of individuals who are being harassed and arrest the victims. If this keeps up, I think the future is fairly predictable. Given a, a long enough period of time, could only be a few years. You'll, you will be the victim of a harassment campaign. They'll accuse you of saying naughty words. And the cops are going to show up to your house and say, well, you know, it's incitement. They'll argue that you having a bad opinion was incitement. And incitement's a crime. That's how they're going to play it. We've already seen people get arrested in their own homes. It's happened. And it'll happen more. They say, six months after the riot, uh, 590, 590 people have been charged. More than 300 suspects are still wanted by law enforcement in the aftermath of that day. Five people died while staff and officers on Capitol Hill remained traumatized over what happened. The committee began its first hearing into January 6th with a dramatic new footage from the day showing Trump supporters overrunning the building and attacking police officers. It also contained harrowing testimony from four office offices at the Capitol that day who rec recounted being physically beaten by the rioters, being called obscenities and fearing for their lives. Quote, we're not asking for medals and recognition. We just want justice and accountability, said Sergeant Aquili uh, Aquilino Gonnell of the U.S. Capitol Police. No, look, I can respect that 100 percent. I can. These cops should not have been attacked, should not have been beaten. And I've seen the footage. I saw the footage that day. Like the tear gas being released in the rotunda. I mean, it was horrifying. It was stupid. I've also seen the footage of the guy yelling at the cops. Why won't you do something about this? As the rioters were smashing the windows. It should not have happened. People shouldn't have gone in the building. And you know what's good? A, a, a good bit of uh, evidence to help you understand that is that there were many people who did not go in the building, who walked to the Capitol, saw what was happening, said, no way, no way. And there was that one man. He walks to the cops, says, why aren't you doing anything about this? And then there's the Democrats who are at fault. They did not have the police available. They did not have uh, they rejected the National Guard because Trump offered it. 
They were so incredibly, what's the right word? They hate Trump so much. Now, of course, first fault falls with the rioters. So by all means, punishment shouldn't have been there. The riot was awful. I I can absolutely say that of these police. But tell me then why it is. Why, Why is it that we do not get justice over what happened in the past year? That Kamala Harris gets away with what she did, fundraising, soliciting funds, material support for terrorists. So you want me to come out and defend these cops? You want me to come out and say, oh, woe is me? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I don't trust them. I don't trust the government to wield the power properly because they haven't been. And I don't trust the Democrats or the Republicans. And I think the Republicans are just standing in the way. Gatekeepers to make sure there's no meaningful opposition. It's not the first time Kinzinger cried. Kinzinger gets emotional over 2014 General John Kelly's speech to Gold Star families. I can, I can respect crying over the loss of life, Gold Star families and everything like that. But this guy just seems to be a sociopath. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Kinzinger just seems to say whatever he needs to say to win favors from powerful individuals. He doesn't seem to be a principled individual at all. And that's, that, that seems to be who he is. So the Republicans, you know, I wonder if they're ever going to remove him. From Esquire, a Capitol police officer slammed his fist on the table while addressing January 6th, denying congressmen. Meanwhile, other officers' testimony suggested that what happened today was not at all random. That's right. One of the officers was outraged. He was like, oh, boom, and he slams the table. How dare you? In an emotive, propagandistic display that makes me say, you know, if it were me, if I was like the chair and I had the ability, he slammed the table, I would be like, excuse me, you slam that table one more time and raise your voice and we will remove you. I'm not playing these games with these people who want to come in and cry and act like the apocalypse almost happened while they do nothing. It was in D.C. The far left tore down the barricades and set fire to a building, almost another building, almost burned down a church. Where were they? We just want justice and accountability. Well, you know what? I can respect that. You know why? Where were the Republicans? Where was the hearing from Republicans? Where was any single Republican to come out and demand a hearing on the insurrection? They don't do it. I despise the Republicans. Yeah, I get it. The populists are something else. You know, Steve Bannon, Marjorie, he's not a politician, but you know, his message to the people who support him, Donald Trump, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, to a, to, a, to a greater extent, Matt Gates and Josh Hawley. But where are they to ever fight back? Cowards. What a pathetic political party. Now, here's the one that I find the most uh, egregious and I don't believe, but maybe it happened. Officer Dunn testifying says one woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, you hear that, guys? This N-word voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, boo, effing N-word. That's from this, uh, this black police officer. No one had ever, ever called me that word while wearing the uniform of USCP. I'm sorry, that just sounds like a that happened. Like you were fighting with people and then in the midst of the chaos that you have claimed was an insurrection and violence and chemicals being spread everywhere, someone stopped to yell out that you were a racial, using a racial epithet, and then they all started yelling it? I mean, I'm sorry, man. I've been to a lot of right-wing events, and that just seems to me to be over the top. But maybe. You know, if that really happened, I got no problem saying that's horrible. How about uh, uh, Officer Dunn? Were you wearing a body camera that day? Do we have footage we can release to show the people doing it? Because if they were, I will absolutely say you are in the right. Call them out. These people are disgusting. But I'm sorry. This just reeks, of, reeks to me of propaganda. But perhaps 
I don't know. This guy's making the claim. I've got no reason to say he's lying. I've got no evidence other than my personal bias and emotions. So he may be correct. Absolutely. I mean, the people who are willing to fight with cops to storm into the Capitol, not your run-of-the-mill conservatives. Typically, conservatives were like, back the blue, baby. I don't see them doing this. In which case, whoever these people were, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually were yelling this. I'll tell you what my problem is. There was no hearing when we saw this over and over and over again. How about this story? From July 24th, 2018, Portland ICE protesters spewed racist insults. Where were the hearings? Where were the Republicans to come out and have a hearing? They didn't. And you know what? They could have. I mean, this was this was before the midterms. Republicans had the ability. They controlled the House and the Senate. The Republicans only exist to prevent any meaningful resistance. From Oregon Live, they say, in emails obtained by the newsroom, one African-American officer reported to an administrator. Protesters began yelling racial slurs, including the N-word. The officer said he was also called, I can't repeat these words, derogatory things by Antifa. There's a video of it, actually. There is video footage of it. And I remember when the story came out and I was, I was surprised to hear you're watching this, this police officer standing guard in front of an ICE building. I think it's ICE. And they're screaming racial slurs at him. I witnessed this. Not that one specifically, but I was in Portland and there was a, par- a Proud Boys rally protest and there an Antifa showed up. And there was a black proud boy marching with the group. And you could hear across the street Antifa screaming racial slurs. And this this black man, seething, went to the crosswalk, about to cross the street, when another proud boy stopped him and grabbed him and said, don't let him taunt you. And then he said, ignore them. You're my brother. We're brothers. We're here. It was interesting. They said the proud boys are white supremacists and all that. Really weird for a white man to embrace a black man and say, reject the racial slurs from these extremists. The far left love spouting racial slurs, and they think they're allowed to. They're racial identitarians. By all means, white supremacists are bad, too. But you know what? They have the same ideology. They literally do. I suppose one group is just more upfront about what they believe and what they ultimately want. In this video from July 29th, 2020, titled White BLM Supporter Uses the N-Word and is Educated by Black People. This guy's holding up a BLM sign. And he used the N-word, but tried justifying it because he didn't use the hard E-R, he says. And everyone's still like, dude, who do you think you are that you can come here? What happened was there was a black cop standing behind the barricade explaining to these people filming how he's been abused and called racial slurs. This guy walks up and thinks he's allowed to do it. It's amazing, if you ask me, that this is th- these kinds of things have been happening for years. But now we're getting a congressional hearing because... The establishment, the uniparty doesn't care about the working class. They don't care about your home or where you live or rising crime. They don't care. They just want to extract from the system to take from you to print money, to pump it out to the revolving revolving door jobs of the CEOs of big companies who come in, get these jobs. They pay their buddies, no bid contracts. That's what they do. That's the Democrats and the Republicans. Now, In the past couple of years, Republicans have seen a bigger shift because they're more willing to push back and fight and the Democrats aren't. I should say, I'm sorry, the progressives aren't. The Democrats will lie, cheat and steal. But let's talk about the hypocrisy here. February 1st, 2021, report armed Antifa members violently took over a hotel. That sounds like insurrection to me. Here's a tweet from the Washington Examiner. This is from May 30th, 2020. 
clashes between Secret Service and protesters continue to escalate at the White House. This ended with rioters tearing down White House barricades and attacking the Secret Service. In fact, they set fire to a, a, a guard post of some sort. Fire. And then we get this from WUSA 9. At least 150 local and federal officers were injured during the first week of protests in D.C. Bill Barr said on June 7th, 750 officers were injured during the first week. A fifth of those were in D.C. 750 injured officers in the ongoing insurrection. Maybe it's simple. Easy to explain for all of you that insurrection won. It worked. And now the Democrats are like, we're going to do what they say because they're extremist, violent lunatics. And now that the Democrats have the executive branch and Congress, both branches, they can wield power of, of the law of law enforcement as they see fit. And so the Republicans who were unwilling to do it can now reap the benefits. But you know what? The real Republicans that like the, the well, I'll put it this way. The establishment Republicans, McCarthy. They're happy about all this. They hate Trump. They only pretend to support these things in a desperate bid to cling to power. It's the idea. They're more effective in office than they would be out of office. Do they support a populist message, a pro-America or America first message or uh, peace, truth and justice? No, of course not. They're pro-establishment. They believe that there, there are elites who should be in control and should own and control everything. And they're subservient to their big pharmaceutical, their big tech, their, their uh, you know, corporate oil overlords, all of the major corporations. That's all they care about. I don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans. Many Republicans are only pretending. We have this story from Police One. At least 50 Secret Service agents injured by rioters. And then an update from CNN. More than 60 Secret Service officers and agents were injured near the White House this weekend. Now, that's differentiated from the 150 local law enforcement in D.C. because this one specifically highlights the 60 Secret Service officers. The reason that's significant is that not insurrection. Secret Service are tasked with protecting the president in the White House. When this happened, do you know what the media said? They mocked Trump for being ushered in to the presidential bunker. Do you remember this? When the insurrectionists came and tore the barricades down and fought with cops, Donald Trump was brought to the to the emergency bunker and the media laughed. They laughed. <laughs> Trump's a coward, they said. It's funny. This is where we're at. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code POOL. 
Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. America is, is, is on the brink, is on the verge or whatever. They mocked the president when he was ushered to an emergency bunker due to a severe and ongoing insurrection outside. These people set fire to a church across the street and they made fun of Trump for it. I am sick of watching these conservatives, people, uh, you know, on Twitter saying, well, Nancy Pelosi can say this, but what about this? She is not talking to you. She doesn't care what you think. None of these people do. The idea that you are getting anything across to them is laughable. The idea that you making your point on Twitter is somehow going to convince one of these Democrat establishment or liberal voters of anything is laughable. These are the people who are willing to mock and laugh at Trump when insurrectionists set fire to a building, multiple buildings, tear down barricades and injure 60 Secret Service members and then literally cry over January 6th. And how am I supposed I'm supposed to care about this? Spare me. I don't care. Senator Rand Paul, BLM writer, punched a police officer in the face, requiring surgical repair punishment, released on his own recognizance. Nonviolent trespassing in Capitol on January 6th. Solitary confinement without parole. Double standard, you bet. Rand, you're great. But clearly, the very few actual good Republicans who are in office don't have the ability to do anything. Rand can filibuster all day and night. Nothing changes. Rand can call this out all day and night. Nothing changes. This is dangerous. And this is what I fear. There's a reason why you saw what happened on January 6th. It's because people feel hopeless. The Kurt Richter rat experiment. You familiar? A man took some cylinders. He put some rats. He filled them with water and put rats in it. The rats could not climb high enough to get out. They couldn't climb at all. It was a cylinder. And it was too wide for them to hold themselves up so they could do nothing but swim. After 15 minutes, the rats gave up and they drowned. The man, uh, the experiment then carried on. This time, something different happened. New rats were placed inside these cylinders and they swam. But for about 15 minutes before they nearly drowned, and then as soon as they were about to give up, they were lifted out, dried off and allowed to rest. They were then placed back inside the cylinders to swim desperately once again. What happened this time? 15 minutes. No, 60 hours. So the meme states, but a substantially longer amount of time, nearly two or three days. They call this the hope experiment because the rats truly believed that something would come and save them. They decided to hold out for as long as possible before giving up and drowning. Those without hope simply fell to the bottom and died. And now I tell you, where we are at now scares me. Here's a story from the Daily Mail. Democratic mayors in 20 cities that have slashed police budgets or called to defund them also used millions of taxpayer dollars to fund private personal security. So the rat experiment. When people lose all hope and feel like they are watching their homes be burned down, they give up. They stop believing in the system. They don't feel like there's anything that's going to work for them or help them or save them. And so you get violence. And it is scary. 
I was reading once that people need food, shelter, and security. Security means the knowledge that you will not be dragged from your home in the middle of the night. It means the knowledge that you can go to work and there will be food. It means, it means hope that you will be, or, or, or a belief that your home will be there and your food will be there. Without food, you starve, you go nuts. Without a home and, and on large scales, people get angry and revolt. When these things are threatened, you get a revolution. Food being probably the most important, simply because you don't get food for a long enough period of time, people lose it right away. But security, it's that anxiety feeling, sitting there questioning whether or not you will be safe, whether your children will be safe. And it's almost like torture. At any moment, they could come in, kick your door in and drag you out, and you're shaking and convulsing, f- terrified. Right now, we have massive riots, or I should say we, we had massive riots over the past year. Eh, protests still exist, but for the most part, they've mostly died down. For over 100 days, Portland was under siege. Small towns across this country, no justice. But people hoped. They hoped. And then that hope was ripped away. And especially now, it's worse than ever. This hearing says to me that the last little bit of hope may have just been crushed. And now I fear what people will do. I'll remind everybody. Peaceful, persuasive, resourcefulness. We win this through culture, through inspiring young people. But I'm worried Irrational people do irrational things. And seeing these these hearings, feeling like, what's the point? They're not going to stop Antifa, but they're going to bash these, these people over the head. It sounds like it'll only get worse. Which, which brings me to these two stories I want to highlight. Democrats slashing these budgets and funding their own security. Why do I highlight that one? It shows you that Democrats are willing to steal from you, take away your, your police, Take away your right to keep and bear arms, but give it all to themselves. Where's the hope? The Democrats are coming out and criticizing anyone who dare challenge them. At the same time, stealing from taxpayers to fund private security while they take away your police. And now we have AOC calling for the abolition, the, uh, uh, for abolishment of the carceral system. That's prison. You know what? At this point, call their bluff. I agree. Abolish all police abolish all prisons. You think I'm joking? If you want to stay in this system where they're going to imprison you for defending yourself, as we've seen with the Jake Gardner case in Omaha, he defended himself. He, he was threatened with prison. Then keep the prison system. And then when you end up there, I'll be like, we could see this coming a mile away. We know what they have in mind. We know who they hate and we know they're racists. They take the, the police are the ones who are going to come confiscate your guns. And the police are the ones who are going to drag you to that prison. So, okay, AOC is right. Abolish the prison system, abolish the police. I would rather defend myself and take personal responsibility than cross my fingers and hope that everything we've seen with double standards doesn't affect me. I'm not so convinced. I think it's only a matter of time before, well, I mean, they've already done it, arresting people from from their own homes after they were being harassed. It'll get worse. I'm I'm not. What's the right word? I don't think we should be negative or defeatist. I think what you need to do is realize what you are dealing with and you need to understand how to figuratively fight back. January 6th, obviously violence doesn't work. It has given them everything they need to expand government powers to use against their enemies. It's exactly what they were hoping for. Culture building. Now, that's where things get scary for them. 
You start making fun videos. You start inspiring kids and making cartoons about the founding fathers. You start making children's books, as many conservatives have. What are they going to do about that? Who are they going to convince when you're like, this children's book is a threat? They're people, regular people are going to be like, what you, who cares? What are you talking about? But when they show a violent right at the Capitol, regular people say, do as you please. Take my money. So here's, the, here's what you got to do. You have to inspire young people. You have to make sure you're keeping an eye on what your kids are being taught. You need to share these messages and tell people, don't let the extremists and the authoritarians take over. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Why would you do this to a grandma? Why would you do this to a grandma? Why would you do this? I wonder exactly how Barbara Boxer said it as she was being robbed by a child in Oakland. For those that aren't familiar, Barbara Boxer is the former California uh, senator. She's a Democrat. And she wants to know why she was robbed by a child. Well, you need only look at your tenure and the policies that Democrats have put in place to understand why it is that a child would be robbing you. Across this country, crime is going up, mostly due to Democrat policies. We've seen the data from the past few years. It's mostly the Democrat cities. Actually, I'm, I'm sorry. It is all the Democrat-run cities where all the crime is. The funny thing about this is the left often says, you're just referring to all of the biggest cities which are run by Democrats, which is a spurious correlation. What, what is the, the fact that the biggest cities being run by Democrats have to do with anything? There are smaller cities that aren't run by Democrats that don't have the same level of crime per capita. All of the big cities do tend to be run by Democrats. But what does that have to do with the fact that they have high crime per capita? I'm not talking about overall crime. Obviously, New York will have more muggings because New York has more people. No, I'm talking about per capita. And these Democrats don't seem to care. But I'll tell you this, the political establishment, the media establishment, they are starting to take notice. They know the regular Americans are upset over crime. In New York, Eric Adams, who was a moderate, he is a former cop. He wins. Why? For all of the posturing and the absurd wokeness and the stupid DAs that have been elected, people are now starting to realize, hey, wait a minute, crime's a bad thing. But these people vote in the Democrats. Eric Adams, great, he's a moderate. He's still a Democrat. And what, what that means is the title of the party title is, is relatively meaningless to a certain degree. But you know that there's going to be a correlation there that isn't spurious at best, that you're going to have someone who is likely to lean in a certain direction or be pressured by other party members. And so he may be more tough on crime, but is he actually tough on crime? Probably not. Now, he'll be more defensive of cops because he was a cop, but I can imagine he's going to fall into the same traps where activists scream in his face. Plus, you've got the district attorneys, the ones who are cutting these people loose. And that's the real problem. We've actually seen in Chicago, I believe in Chicago, they're saying, the courts keep letting these people go. So it doesn't matter what the cops do. You voted for these district, these, these progressive district attorneys. This is what happens. Surprise, surprise, Ms. Boxer. Here's what you get. Former U.S. Senator Barbara Boxer was assaulted and robbed of her cell phone on Monday in Oakland, California. The assailant who fled the scene in a waiting, fled the scene in a waiting vehicle pushed 80-year-old Boxer in the back and stole her phone. Her son, attorney Douglas Boxer, confirmed. Now, that's horrifying. I hope she's okay. I hope she's un unhurt. I believe she stated she's not physically hurt. I'm glad to hear it. But could this be a wake-up call? Oakland. 
This is the, the Oakland is like really close to Berkeley. This is the place where people are putting up signs on their window, terrified of the far left. A tweet published on Boxer's verified account said she is thankful that she was not seriously injured. Oakland police said a robbery occurred around 1.15 p.m. local time in the Jack London Square neighborhood near the 300 block of 3rd Street. So here's a tweet. Earlier today, former Senator Barbara Boxer was assaulted in the Jack London Square neighborhood of Oakland. The assailant pushed her in the back, stole her cell phone, and jumped in a waiting car. Boxer, who spoke to KPIX, reportedly walked from the scene, the crime scene, to a Verizon store two blocks away where she called the police. She said the incident happened very quickly, and she's still trying to make sense of it. Well, he pushed me very hard, Boxer told the TV station. It's hard for me to describe what happened because it was so fast. But when I started to move away from him, he came behind me, pushed me hard. And then before I could fall, it was like he grabbed my phone in front. So it's just hard to pull it, put it all together. Boxer said both her attacker and the getaway driver appeared to be under the age of 18. She notes that she even addressed the pair directly before they fled. I said, why would you do this to a grandma? I was yelling at the kid as he was running with my phone. She told KPIX, I want to call my grandkids. Why are you doing this? He could care less. He got in the car, but I hope he has some guilt. No, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Let me explain something. This just shows the seriousness and the, 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 the depravity of the criminals and the escalation of crime. You can't do anything with someone's phone when you steal it. Okay, now to be fair, maybe she has no passcode or something. Or maybe when he grabbed it, it was already unlocked. But if it locks, you can't unlock it basically a brick for you at that point, but they don't care. They can chuck it for 20 bucks. Hey, maybe the screen is worth something for like a screen repair. Maybe there's some use they can get out of it, whatever. It's funny that she doesn't seem to understand what's happening. Why are people stealing from you? They want stuff. They want money and they don't want to work for it. Or in some circumstances, many circumstances, they can't work. They can't work for it. Here's what I find fascinating. Why is the crime skyrocketing? We have this unemployment system where people are getting 15 bucks an hour for free, basically. Why would people go commit crimes? You need to answer this question for me if you're going to keep imposing these policies. This is for the Democrats. They obviously, I don't know if they don't realize the destruction, the damage their policies bring, or if it's, you know, you know what I think it is. I think the public school system created this in the long run, and it is indicative of parents not caring about their kids. Now, this is just something I've been thinking about recently. So maybe it's, maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's just a shot in the dark. Here's what I'm saying. You get these kids who grow up in institutionalized, institutionalized learning facilities. They're not given the values from their parents. They don't understand the value of hard work. They understand the value of being told what to do by the authority figure in their school. Food is provided for them at, at, uh, provided for them at the allotted time. And that's it. They wake up, uh, they wake up, they go to school. They're told what to do. They say, oh, now it's time to eat. They go eat. There's someone there. The food's made. They don't know where it came from. These people going to public schools, they grow up. They become Democrats who continually vote for the system based upon it must already exist and someone else will do it for me. That's the problem. If you look back at how we raised kids before the advent of, of public schools, it wasn't I, 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 completely like this, but it was more communal. And I think this has a lot to do with the size of our society, of our civilization. We got too many people. Back then, yeah, we had schoolhouses, but even before then, kids would watch their parents work. They would learn from the parents and other adults. And so they grew up understanding you got to work hard, especially when you had to farm. You'd wake up at the crack of dawn. You'd get out there, tend to the chickens. Then you got to you know, get the water. You got to do the work. You got to churn the butter. You got to milk the cows. You know, you got to chop the chickens up and defeather them and all that stuff. If you want to eat, you got to work. Kids grew up with that. Then 
technology made life easier in a sense. And then we created these industrialized learning facilities. And now the kids are in a situation where they're not working hard. They're just reading books. And that's cool. Like, I I think reading is really important. I read nonstop all day, every day. So these kids, instead of learning, I have to lay the brick to build the wall if I want the house. They learned someone else already did it. All I got to do is go in there and pontificate and complain about society. Is it any surprise then that we have generation after generation of kids who go to school and are told by the authority figure what to do, when to eat, where to go, and they are increasingly becoming dependent upon a system, completely becoming dependent upon the government? Then you get people like Barbara Boxer. Then you get other Democrats who go in and they say, why can't the government just do it? Why won't people just stop committing crimes? Well, I'll tell you one thing. These kids understand something very different. It's a very different perspective. I'm not, I don't, I don't know where the perspective of crime comes from, but I'll tell you this, they've realized y'all won't do anything to stop them. And that's the reality. The Democrats have, have been changing the rules in these cities. They've been, you know, these, these progressive district attorneys have been coming in and cutting people loose. And now they're trying to blame guns from the, from the national review. Democrats try to blame, blame gun, guns for the crime surge caused by liberal policies. A crime wave is gripping American cities. And the left, in the wake of a ruinous series of radical criminal justice reforms, needs scapegoats. As Kevin Williamson has explained, much of this can be traced back to ridiculous city ordinances, such as the abolition of cash bail in some major cities. But glossing over such decisions, major news outlets and politicians have instead taken to describing the problem as an issue of gun violence. There's a reason for this. So long as they maintain this account, the left can avoid responsibility, even with their policy fingerprints all over the crime scenes. Yeah, that's an interesting one, cash bail. And there's challenges here. I think this is the wrong argument. I think cash bail is wrong. You are innocent until proven guilty. I do not believe the government should be holding you in jail simply because you can't afford to get out. However, I do believe the judge should have the discretion to remand bail or to remand you into custody so that you don't get to leave at all. If you are caught by a cop and they have, they have serious evidence and they go to the judge and say, look, we caught this guy you know, here's we have photos showing he did it. Of course, we need a trial to prove his guilt. But for the time being awaiting trial, we think he is a risk, a flight risk or otherwise. Cash bail to me is it's supposed to be this like median, this medium uh, range where it's like, OK, well, we can't prove you did it just yet. We think we can. So we're going to charge you, but we want to create an incentive for you not to flee. So give us a bunch of money. That way you won't go anywhere. It doesn't really make all that much sense if your bail is like 100 bucks or 200 bucks because people would flee and wouldn't care about 200 bucks. No, it just means that if you're poor, you can't get out of jail, even if you're innocent. I don't like that system. I think the judge needs to be able to have the discretion to say, we do think you're a risk to society, so we're going to temporarily detain you. That's due process. But it's a challenge, innocent until proven guilty. So does that lead to more crime? In this instance, I think the answer is yes, because they've gone above and beyond what the system actually needs. What, what, what I mean is they've basically said, you know what, we're going to let everybody out no matter what, except for violent offenders. So now you got people who shoplift who just keep leaving and go and committing more crimes. Now, we don't want violent offenders, this person who attacked Barbara Boxer to be let go. But you've, 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 you've got this systematic approach to things where someone might have an interesting idea, like we shouldn't hold people, you know, that we can't prove are guilty in, 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 in lieu of cash bail because they might be poor. It's an interesting idea. So then they say, okay, release. Ev- whoa, 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 whoa. 
there's there's maybe a different system we can do. Like maybe house arrest, maybe ankle monitors or something like that. Maybe we say this, your bail will be set at $500 cash or ankle monitor. How does that sound? You can go home, you can continue to work, but we're going to be, have an ankle monitor on, on you and we're going to watch you to prevent you from committing more crimes. And if you commit another, then you will be remanded. That's maybe a solution. You know, I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend, pretend, pretend to have all the answers, but I can say it's interesting that it's the Democrat run cities. They're in the top 10 crimes per, of, of crime per capita. And now they're trying to blame guns for it. Yeah, people do use guns to commit crimes, but why are crimes skyrocketing? I think the real issue for the most part is that Democrat policies have created serious strains in these area, in these areas, and, and people have become increasingly desperate. Poverty breeds crime. If you continually tell people that you will become dependent upon the state, how are they supposed to succeed? If you continually tell people that they can't succeed because of their race, then they'll just say, okay, then I'll take what I want. It's, it's really obvious, isn't it? If you get two little kids and you go to one of them and you say, you can be anything you want to be if you work hard enough, they'll say, I better work hard enough. You say, you may be dealt a bad hand in life, but you can play those cards right and succeed and say, okay, I'll figure it out. You go to the other kid and say, you'll never be successful. You'll never be successful because the system hates you. It's racist. And you know what? You're poor. So too, too bad. Tough luck. Well, that person says, no matter what I do, I'm not going to succeed. I'll just take what I want. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. I do think that critical race applied principles can be fodder for crime. Telling these kids they'll never succeed, then why bother working hard? They'll go out and say, then I might as well just take what I want. Not only that, they'll justify it based on race. That's the creepy thing about this. NPR, rising violent crime is likely to present a political challenge for Democrats in 2022. That's right. And you know what? So be it. They're all starting to recognize this. I love it. Here's NPR saying it. Here's, here's the Atlantic downplaying crime as a disaster for progressives. Dan Bongino says Democrat Party stands for anti-work and high crime policies. People are starting to recognize from the Washington Post. Democrats must control the crime narrative before it controls them. This one is my favorite. Don't actually deal with the crime. Don't improve your neighborhoods. Just control the narrative. If this does not explain to you how the left the establishment left in this country operates. I don't know what else to tell you. Instead of solving for crime, instead of stopping the crime, instead of electing sound politicians and getting rid of these DAs who are cutting people loose, they just say, control the narrative. Bravo. Well, at least they're saying the quiet part loud, I suppose, over in Chicago. 
Chicago's top uh, top cop blames crime wave on courts for releasing violent offenders. Police Superintendent David Brown said violent offenders need top consequences in the city's courts. So, um, Democrats, maybe you could actually stop releasing criminals like this Kim Fox lady in Chicago who let Jesse Smollett go, and then you might see your crime go down. Or actually, a better point, the Washington Post is correct. <laughs> you don't got to do anything. Just control the narrative. You know, we have a very large country, a very large system of government. And so you end up with, it, it, it's very hard to track things. What I mean by that is, if you have millions of people in a city, and there's 100,000 instances of crime and 10,000 instances of, you know, some, uh, of not crime, of, of, of good Samaritans, it, you need only hear one of each of the story. And then you can't tell which one is more or less, right? Basically, what I mean is, the more stats you get in a system, the larger the system becomes, the harder it is to discern what is the big problem and what isn't the big problem. So in this instance, if there's crime everywhere and people are experiencing, experiencing it, there are enough people who aren't. Let's say that out of all, everybody who lives in New York, there's 100,000 people and they've been victims of crime. I don't, I don't know the actual stats, but 100,000 people victims of crime. Then you've got the millions who aren't. Now, this means crime has skyrocketed substantially. There's numerous stories about people being beaten, but the rest of the people don't believe it. Why? Because the Democrats come out with the narrative and say, it's all not true. There is no crime. And then people go, there is no crime. I've not seen it. Case in point, Sweden. I went to Sweden a few years ago when Donald Trump went out on Fox News and said, did you see what happened last night in Sweden? And then the media was like, what happened last night in Sweden? <laughs> Nothing. Well, Trump just misspoke. He spoke poorly. He meant, did you see what happened last night on Fox News about Sweden? Fox News published this, you know, mini doc, this video talking about crime rates in Sweden. And Donald Trump came out and said it. So I went there. What did I find? Murders were up like 1,300% because they had one murder last year. And then they had 13 murders the next year. There were a series of grenade attacks. It was kind of scary. We were actually warned as we were going into one neighborhood that there could be gang attacks and they use grenades. The reality? Crime was skyrocketing. People were experiencing it, but the media kept saying it's not true. So most people who did not experience the crime just said it must not be true. And therein lies the big challenge we face with the media. And it's why the Democrats are so adamant about having institutional control of media. And it's why conservatives' biggest failures is not going and getting jobs in these news organizations. You can seed the ground. You know, take a look at social media. People say like, uh, uh, you know, why are you on YouTube? Why are you on Twitter? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, I thought about getting off these platforms. And then I thought, why would I give up the, the, the battlefield? This, this, is a, this is a figurative ideological battlefield where you are being, you have tons of the left and the right and their, their ideas are at war. Now, YouTube, of course, has put their thumb on the scales. Twitter, of course, is as well. But they're trying to ban all of you. So I'm not going to back off. I'm going to do my best to stay on these platforms and push back and try and change that culture. And that's the thing about news. Do you just not go and work for news? Or do you go to these news organizations, apply at the New York Times, try and get the jobs? Maybe you won't because they're becoming increasingly woke. Conservatives, when they were complaining about the liberal media, should have gone to these companies a long time ago, taken up these jobs, and then done everything in their power to try and shift that culture. Now it may be too late. Times have changed. And because Democrats have control of the narrative, 
They don't need to legislate anymore. They don't need to fix things anymore if they can just lie to people. California, case in point, Barbara Boxer robbed by a child, by two children. Well, I say children, but teenagers. She said it was a kid. I wonder how old. Under 18. We don't know the exact age. Child, children, minors, whatever you want to call it. I know the left has, they're not children, Tim, they're teenagers. And I'm like, whatever, man. They're not adults, they're children, call them whatever you want. But there, there is a, 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 a profound effect depending on the word you use. Child implies like a 12-year-old, teenager implies like a 16-year-old, and there's a bit of a difference. But you know what, man? She was robbed by a kid. How about that? Why? Instead of dealing with the problems, they narrate Antifa, going around smashing up buildings, Black Lives Matter. What does Nadler say? It's just an idea. That's right. It's, 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 it's the Jedi mind trick of the, of the uh, uninformed masses of the ignorant. When they come out and they say, is, is it true with these reports I'm hearing about Sweden and murder? There is no crime in Sweden. There is no crime in Sweden. Crime is, is not a problem in the United States. Crime is not a problem. And, and that's it. And then they go and get mugged. And then Barbara Boxer herself gets mugged. They don't care about solving the problems. They care about maintaining power. Now, I can tell you this is the Republican Party. Not going to pretend they're good either. I think the Republicans mostly do nothing. And I guess at the very least, nothing is better than burning things down. But it's not certainly not solving the problem. So you look at the local level. Perhaps there's something better about Republicans locally. I'll tell you one thing. Culture is everything. And the problem we face in this country is not a political one. It is a cultural one. It is cultural in the sense that you have people who commit crimes and don't care. You have politicians that are willing to steal the fine china from the Titanic as it sinks. They're not actually trying to solve any of these problems because they feel the problems are it's too far gone. Culture is the issue. Why is it that the DAs are not arresting these people? Cultural issues. The TV says X. The big corporation says Y. We're not going to arrest these people because you know what might happen? We are going to get smeared and attacked and accused of all these things. And we don't want to. Society has dictated. It's mob rule. That's where we're at. And I find that, uh, I don't know, kind of sad. But you know what? I'm, I'm, people say all, it's all negativity and it's all pessimistic. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can make it negative or you can recognize the positive in that by identifying the problem, we're on the first path towards solving it. I'm not here to sit here and say, oh, woe is me. And oh, look at these things. I'm here to say, look what they're doing. Now we know what to strategize for because we are in this culture war. We didn't choose to be here. Yeah, some of us did, I suppose, because, well, technically you can just leave and just go plug your ears and play video games all day. But the culture war came to us. It happened. And we started to say, you know what? We're going to push back on this. We're in it. It's not pessimistic to realize it. It's actually a positive to identify what we can change to fix these problems. So what can we change? We need culture. We need to build culture and inspire people and say no to certain things. If people like me and you didn't exist saying no, then it would be 10 times worse. Now, we may be seeing with like the Chauvin trial, with the Gardner case, and potentially with Rittenhouse, there's going to be some lopsided juries and prosecution, which means we need to build media. We need to build culture. We need to inspire people, and we need people to come out and say what is right and what is wrong. You need to stand up for what you believe in and speak your mind. The left certainly does. They control the narrative. Got to gain control of that narrative. You got to get more big corporations to say no to cancel culture and wokeness and critical race applied principles. And so that's what we're doing with TimCast.com. That's why we are working hard every single day. Technically, I have no days off. 
Oh, you might say, Tim, you don't produce the podcast on the weekends. We produce the vlog on the weekends. I used to do work on the weekends. I used to do this show on the weekends because I enjoy talking about these things. Why did I stop? Because I want to make sure we're dedicating time to solutions, not just complaining about the problems. So I can sit here and talk negative and people said, Tim, why don't you ever say good things? And I'm like, well, is doing a video where I ignore the problem going to solve the problem? No. If I came out and said a dog today saved his owner from a flood, that's not going to solve the problem. It's just going to not engage with it. What will solve the problem? Building culture. So on the weekends now, I'm focused on getting the vlog done. So that means we can do something where it's like we go out to eat, we make jokes, we play video games, we're skateboarding so that we can inspire young people to want to have a good time, be involved and see the success and the joy. I think one of the biggest problems with conservatives is they're often having these these events where they complain about what the left is doing while the left is creating all the culture, inspiring all the young people. Well, we're going to make music. We hired a composer. We're going to do movies. We're going to be hiring producers. We're going to we're going to we're doing new podcast shows soon to begin. And so we're working on all of it. And we're going to do our best to not just identify the problems, tell people how they can fight back and be aware of these things. But then also, it may be ignoring the problem in a certain sense. I could certainly make a video where I'm like, breaking news, dog saves owner from flood. Is that going to inspire a young person? Not so much. It's a fun story. But what if we take some electric bikes and do backflips? Then you're going to see kids being like, wow, that's so cool. I'm going to do that. And what's that? We got a Gadsden flag hanging up in the skate park. That's what I think is important. Then the kids can be like, what is that symbol? What does it mean? It means freedom. It means libertarianism. Little L, don't tread on me. I'll leave it there. Barbara Boxer, I hope she's all right. But you guys, the Democrats need to recognize the crime waves that they are responsible for. Next segment's coming up on this channel at 1 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The CDC will reverse its current indoor mask policy and say that fully vaccinated people should wear them indoors in COVID hotspots. Masks are back, baby. And I think this was entirely predictable. The Delta variant news is spreading far and wide. People are very concerned over in Orlando. They're saying this is a crisis. And you know what, man? I'm at a loss for words. I really am. I don't know what's going on. I, I, I normally will read many mainstream outlets and I'll try and break them down. I will fact check these articles to see where the source material is. And I can't tell you what's happening because the media is completely broken. It's completely broken. Now, I can tell you this. I still err on the side of caution. You know, if I see people running and screaming, I'm not going to assume they're all crazy. I'm going to be like, better safe than sorry, but I won't run in the same direction as them. Now, as for medical issues or anything, as I always say, that's between you, your doctor, and you, you make those decisions for yourself. What I can say is the media is not being straightforward with what's going on, and it's causing massive distrust, and people don't know what to do. People don't know who to believe. It's funny when I hear these these stories about, you know, people who think that I'm like making things up. It's like, how many times do you need to hear the media change its position to finally realize they are not giving you an honest assessment of what is happening? We're bringing masks back. Okay, but why? No, no, no. I mean, honest, honest question. If the vaccines work, people should get them. And that's what the reporting says. But now the COVID cases are spiking. I guess they're saying it's because people aren't getting vaccinated. But if people aren't getting vaccinated, why should people who are vaccinated wear masks? 
I just don't understand. Those are questions I can ask. Maybe maybe this will be the reason YouTube finally bans me. I want to read you this news, but I really want to get to the heart of the media problem to explain to you and perhaps people on the left why it is that regular people do not trust the media and don't know what to believe. Or at least I would say people would say they won't believe the media. But first, here's the news. CNBC reports the CDC is expected to recommend Tuesday that fully vaccinated people begin wearing masks indoors again in places with high COVID-19 transmission rates, according to people familiar with the matter. Federal health officials still believe fully vaccinated individuals represent a very small amount of transmission, according to the sources. Still, some vaccinated people could be carrying higher levels of the virus than previously understood and potentially transmit the virus to others, they said. The CDC is slated to hold a briefing at 3 p.m. Eastern time Tuesday. Okay, okay, hold on. Let me let the vaccine works. It's safe. If the doctors are recommending it, why do people who who are responsible and going to the doctors need to accommodate those who choose not to? Now, I'm I'm more libertarian. It's your body, your choice. You need to go to your doctors and make a decision that's right, right for you, right? So why is it that if people say, I'm going to make that decision to get the vaccine? You know, Ben Shapiro recently tweeted. He tweeted like an hour before this, where he's like, his entire family got the vaccine. Ben Shapiro seems to be fine. If Why should he have to wear a mask because other people don't want to or don't want to get vaccinated? I mean, it's an honest question. If people aren't going to get vaccinated and they aren't going to wear masks, why are the people who are, are doing what's recommended being told they have to adhere to these restrictions, Right. I thought it was that if you didn't get the vaccine, you had to wear a mask. <laughs> I guess that doesn't work. So I guess maybe now the reason they're doing this, and some people have speculated, is that if there's no vaccine passport, how do you know someone's actually vaccinated? In which case, people who aren't vaccinated will walk into a, you know, a gas station or whatever and not wear a mask because you can't check anyway, right? Now, by mandating or recommending in hotspots people wear masks, which I've, I believe will eventually lead to more mandates, they can now require everyone to do it. So sorry, I guess people who chose to get the vaccine, <clears throat> they say the CDC is slated to hold a briefing at 3 p.m. The updated guidance comes ahead of the fall season when the highly contagious Delta variant is expected to cause another surge in the new coronavirus cases. And many large employers plan to bring workers back to the office. In mid-May, the CDC said fully vaccinated people didn't need to wear masks in most settings, whether indoors or outdoors. Health experts fear Delta already the dominant form of the disease in the U.S., is hitting states with low vaccination rates. Those states are now being forced to reintroduce mask rules. That I, I, California and New York, what states are being forced to do this? Florida said no. Texas said no. The states with lower vaccination rates are not adhering to federal guidelines. And it's places like California and Vegas who are. And they have a higher vaccine, vaccination rate. What is, what is this? Capacity limits and other health, public health measures, they largely rolled back in recent, recent months. Okay, so maybe that's a new development. Maybe this is start, something we're starting to see that I haven't seen reported. It's happening now. Great. Lockdowns are coming back. Is that the name of the game? White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci said Sunday, the CDC was considering whether to revise mask guidance for vaccinated Americans, saying it was under active consideration. It's a dynamic situation. It's a work in progress. It evolves like in so many other areas of the pandemic. Fauci, also, the director of the, you know, NIAID told CNN, you've got to look at the data. The CDC's guidance is only a recommendation. 
leaving it up to the states and local officials on whether to reintroduce their mask rules for certain people. But even before the CDC's anticipated guidance Tuesday, some regions were reintroducing mask mandates and advisories as COVID cases began to spike. Several counties across California and Nevada, blue states, are now advising all residents to wear masks in public indoor settings. Okay, well, Nevada will call, will say not necessarily blue, but California blue, whether they're vaccinated or not. In Massachusetts, a blue state, officials in Provincetown advised all individuals to resume wearing masks indoors after 4th of July celebrations led to an outbreak. Experts say COVID prevention strategies remain critical to protect people from the virus, especially in areas of moderate to high community transmission levels. I can't play this game with you anymore. I can't do this. We've been through it how many times? The ups and downs, the roller coasters, the loop de loops. Am I going to sit here and just keep saying, oh, the news said X, now it says Y, now it says Z, now it says one, two, three? I don't know, man. Literally don't know. It's up to you. You do what you think is right. Let me show you the problem I have. Here's, a, here's an image that was posted to Twitter. A story from Vox. The effect of Black Lives Matter protests on coronavirus cases explained. Coronavirus cases are increasing, but Black Lives Matter protests may not have been to blame. Here's why. Oh, okay. Here's another story from only about six or so months later from Vox. The attack on the Capitol may have also been a super spreader event. The Washington Post. Protest probably didn't lead to coronavirus spikes, but it's hard to know for sure. Storming the Capitol was textbook potential coronavirus super spreader. From Forbes. Research determines protests did not cause spike in COVID. From Forbes again. Lawmakers sheltering during Capitol riot may have been exposed to COVID. Here's ABC. Minnesota sees no rise in COVID following uh, in cases tied to protest. Capital riot could have proved to be COVID super spreader event. You see the point. We've got CNN, two stories, same thing. USA Today, two stories, same thing. CNBC, two stories, same thing. The Verge, the New York Times, Insider, NBC, the AP, and the Wall Street Journal. For the love of all that is holy, what is wrong with the media in this country? The Wall Street Journal. Early data show no uptick to COVID-19 transmission from protests. The Wall Street Journal. At least three lawmakers test positive for COVID-19 after Capitol attack. That's what they all, they all say. I just, I can't, I can't even, I don't even know to tell you. YouTube's got rules. YouTube says they'll ban for certain things. I don't even know what they ban for at this point. Basically, they've just, they've knocked the floor out. So they can tell you, oh, don't worry, you're allowed to stand here, but they've knocked the floor out. What I mean by that, no matter what you say, you are going to run afoul of one of these news organizations. If I come out and say these protests seem to be super spreader events, ban. If I come out and say these protest events are not super spreader events, ban. Which one is it? Which story from the mainstream media is true and correct? I don't know, honestly. So here's what you can expect. My opinion Mandatory vaccination, I believe, will become the norm in this country. We already heavily uh, impose vaccination in a certain respect. When babies are born, the doctors give vaccines and then you have the vaccine schedule. When I looked it up on the CDC, it looks like there's 10 vaccines in the first year. I don't know the total until, you know, like, uh, till, uh, you know, like teenage, till you're, you know, going through puberty or whatever. But I know that within like the first year, I guess the CDC shows there's like 10 different vaccines, but you do get them multiple times. So I think it's, you know, uh, how many shots you end up getting is like 14, perhaps it could be more than that. There's a total of 14 diseases they want to vaccinate for, but you have to get certain shots like three or four times. So it's actually a little bit higher than 10 because you get multiple shots, right? So anyway, the point is, here's what I think is going to happen. We see these images. I haven't confirmed them, but supposedly in Canada, they have a line for people with vaccinations and people who aren't vaccinated. 
That's because you'll need a negative COVID test. So what will likely happen is the people who have the vaccine will go through the speedy lane and the people who don't will have to go through the negative test lane. This creates pressure. I believe that in about 20 years, you will have a vaccine card or medical card the same as you have a social security card. We're seeing institutional changes over the past two years. It is hitting and it is hitting hard and this will happen. I don't see Republicans doing anything to stop it. In fact, Ben Shapiro, one of the most prominent conservatives, is very, very pro-vaccine. And I think most people, most people are actually pro-vaccine. Now, there are questions that people have about the current iteration. Just because you're, you're questioning one new devel- newly developed vaccine um, medication doesn't mean you're completely opposed to vaccinations. And there are many people who want to be vaccinated with, for the COVID vaccine, want to get the COVID vaccine, but can't for medical reasons. But we're seeing this because there is either zealotry or passive acceptance. I believe it is extremely likely that it'll be mandatory. You have a social security card, right? You Americans, you have a number. You have a number with the government. The government has registered your number. Isn't that crazy? Think about it. But it's normal to us. We have it. You need it if you want to get your passport. You need it if you want to get your first ID. Well, I don't know if you need your social security card, but you do need proof of ID. And I think typically you, you, you have to have it. It's like a point thing. Like in Illinois, it's like this is worth two points, two points, one point or whatever. So you're going to need it. Here's what I think. You notice those, those, those vaccine cards that they've been given out? Thomas Massey pointed this out. There's four slots. There's COVID, COVID, blank, blank. Now, why did they include those two blanks? Well, because there may be another instance where we do another mandatory vaccine rollout. Now, right now, COVID vaccine is not mandatory, but it is, there is applied pressure. What I mean by that is if you want to travel the world, you either get the vaccine or you take a negative test and then you have to like get a negative test right before you leave or something like that. And then I think you still have to quarantine. I'm not entirely sure. There may be another circumstance where pressure is applied and you'll want to use your card. Now, to be fair, I actually have a vaccination card. I'm not trying to act like vaccines are bad. Not, not, not at all. I actually think they're fantastic. And I think about a future in which everybody is getting, vac- getting, the vac- getting vaccines and we start to eliminate serious uh, illnesses and viruses and diseases. Sounds pretty cool, right? I mean, we got rid of polio. And if you look back in history, there were still vaccinations. There, people were anti-vax and like scared of vaccines even back in the day. I've got a ton of shots. I traveled to Venezuela. They gave me like, I think it was four or I think it was four in one day, four shots. Maybe it was Hep A, Typhus, a tetanus booster. And um, it was a third one. Maybe it was three. I can't remember. I think it was four. Anyway, the point is, I know people are concerned about this one just because of the, the speediness of the rollout. Well, that's because it's emergency use authorization. There's concerns over COVID. But I don't know what to say. I'm not going to say positively or negatively in the sense of, you know, what is good or bad. I'm going to tell you this. You don't, got to, you don't got to like my opinions. You don't got to take my opinions. I only need to explain that I think there will come a time in the future where you're going to the DMV to get your ID and they'll be like, you need your social security card, your birth certificate, your vaccination card and a piece of mail with your address on it. And people are going to say okay to that. All of these changes that have been implemented over time, we are completely used to. So you might be upset, but one day you'll be 80 years old and the young people will have their cards with all their different medications on it, their medical history, probably not cards. It'll probably be some kind of digital, uh, you know, internet based thing. And you're going to be like, when I was young, people were complaining about this stuff, but y'all don't care. And they won't care. So I think the main issue is the big stick approach. France says prison if you can't prove you got the vaccine. 
Okay, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what what the future holds. I'm not psychic. I think that's entirely likely, but I can tell you the media is broken. That's the one thing I can say. Here's the New York Post. The New York Post writes: Lockdown hysteria did more harm than COVID-19. The U.S. suffered through two lethal waves of contagion in the past year and a half. The first was a viral pandemic that killed about one in 500 Americans, typically a person over 75 suffering from other serious conditions. The second and far more catastrophic was a moral panic that swept the nation's institutions. Instead of keeping calm and carrying on, the American elite flouted the norms of governance, journalism, academic freedom, and worst of all, science. They misled the public about the origins of the virus and the true risk it posed. Well, that may be the case. It's not proven. They, there, there was scientists who said they disregarded lab leak hypothesis because Trump was the one who said it. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. They say they claimed unprecedented powers to impose untested strategies with terrible collateral damage. We still have no convincing evidence the lockdown saved lives, but lots of evidence that they are already cost lives and will prove deadlier in the long run than the virus itself. A few scientists and public health experts objected noting that an extended lockdown was a novel strategy of unknown effectiveness. That may be the case. But here's the problem I have in the media. If people can choose to read whatever they want, then people will choose to believe whatever they want because everybody writes everything, basically. Healthline says, no, lockdowns don't do more harm than good. Don't do, I'm sorry, don't do more harm than COVID-19. They say COVID-19 is way worse, man. I Google search these things. I try to take a news story to make a claim. Donald Trump does black backflip. I say, what's their proof of that claim? I am fact checking all day. Then I see a video. Whoa, lo and behold, Donald Trump did not do a backflip. He did a gainer. See, but they didn't know what a gainer was. So I was like, "Mm, fact check, not a backflip. It's a gainer. A gainer is like a running backflip. Basically, it's an easy way to explain. It's a little more. There's probably a better way to explain it. But for people who aren't familiar, there's a backflip and then there's the running forward and then it's called a gainer. The point is, there's a subtle difference and the media might not realize that. So I see that story and then I look it up. I watch the video and say, actually, this is not a backflip, but I understand what they were saying. You know, the gist of what they're trying to get across was true. Trump did do a backflip. Sometimes they'll be like, no, Trump didn't do a backflip. False. And at the very bottom, in fact, Donald Trump did a gainer. Here's the point. Right now with COVID, I got no idea. I got no idea. You know why? They'll make a claim. I'll look it up and I'll find 50 things contradicting it, contradicting it, contradictory, contradicting that claim. And so I'm like, oh, okay. they've chosen to base this uh, story off of uh, this report, but they've ignored the other report. So what can I do? I can tell you this, my friends, protests both simultaneously start and stop COVID infections. What does that mean? I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Here's what we see. Because of things like this. Thousands around globe protest COVID-19 shots and lockdowns. Anti-vax demonstrations in, where is this? In Athens, Greece. 
It isn't just France or London or Australia. It's everywhere, man. It is. I mean, Australia is getting draconian as it comes. Look at this. Sydney COVID cases expected to rise after anti-lockdown protest as two charged for allegedly hitting police horse. Don't hit horses. What's up with that, man? But let me just stress. I thought the mass protests, what did the University of Colorado say? Kept people inside so it reduced the transmission. Oh, the media's lying to me? Which one? Is it CNN lying? Or, 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 or is it CNN? It's tiring, man. It is tiring. We're coming to a point where I don't even know if I can do any more content talking about COVID. I mean it, I mean it sincerely. You know, the, YouTube says they'll ban you for medical misinformation. The problem is I don't know what is or isn't medical misinformation because these different news outlets and even some of the same ones report two different things all the time. And they're all certified by NewsGuard. NewsGuard claims they're going to, you know, <clears throat> oh, wow, interestingly, CNN doesn't handle the difference between opinion and news responsibly, says NewsGuard. NewsGuard's going to be verifying for us what is or, or isn't true or what's credible and what's not credible. But what happens when you have contradictory articles from the same exact outlets? I don't know. Hey, Vietnam is locking down. <clears throat> Vietnam locks down Hanoi for 15 days as COVID-19 cases rise. Hey, 15 days to slow the spread. I remember that one. Was that true or was that false? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. All I know is that there's competing governmental interests. They're saying a bunch of things. We don't know what's true. And if you say one thing, if, if all is true and nothing is true, then they can ban whoever they want and claim it's misinformation. What I think it really is, is that if you adhere to the tribe of the establishment, if you say what they say, if you do as they do, you'll probably be fine. And that's why so many people who used to be anti-establishment now just suckle the teat of the mainstream. I won't call them out. But many of these anti-SJW YouTubers all of a sudden are just like, <laughs> Joe Biden, yeah. And then they're like, oh no, gas is expensive and I can't get a job anymore. Uh-huh. The, the, the people have realized that bowing to the machine was easier. Swimming upstream, man, just let go, go with the flow, say whatever the crackpots say. I don't care about that. I believe in freedom and individual liberties. So you know what? I'll ride this wave until it crashes into the brick wall. And then they come down and say, remember that NPR article you read? That's fake news now because we had Dr. Fauci say before not to wear masks, then to say, then said wear masks, then said you don't got to wear masks. Then he said wear two masks. Then he said two masks. You don't got to wear two masks. Then he said, actually, you do got to wear two masks. So what? Sure. This is what we get, I suppose. I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Media is broken. I think we all realize that. And with the, the collapse of media and the desperation and the, and the refusal to do basic fact checking, you end up with an entirely fractured and shattered media apparatus. Well, there's some good there, I guess. Timcast.com, my friends. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing fact checking and writing articles. And so if we can't find legitimate sourcing, then we'll debunk it and we'll say it's false. They can say whatever they want and we'll report it. We'll see how long that plays. Until uh, plays out for until they come and, you know, ban us or whatever. Hey, enjoy the masks and the lockdowns, I guess. I'll see y'all at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. 
Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.